Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Ryan Jr. Uh, we're going to go right to our first guest, who is uh, Seattle Port Commissioner Ryan Calkins. And I must say, Bob Armstead is listening on, but Ryan has been a friend to minority businesses, and uh, he is a business attorney. Uh, he's also a staunch advocate for an environment. It's one thing about the environment. No matter what color you are, you need clean water and clean air, okay, in order to survive. So, Commissioner Calkins, thank you for taking time out to be here. I'm glad that you're well now and back on the scene. So, uh, why don't you share a little bit about yourself before we talk specifically about the Port of Seattle? You bet. And thanks, Eddie. Thanks for inviting me on. It's uh, it's always a p pleasure to be on the show with you. So prior to uh, getting elected to the commission of the Port of Seattle, I was a small business owner in Seattle and uh, had an important distribution company based in the Georgetown neighborhood. Um, we did stone and tile. And so we were heavily involved in the residential construction area um, side of the business, worked with all sorts of, you know, masonry contractors primarily, but uh, definitely, you know, for 15 years, I was uh, day in, day out working in the construction material supply business. And uh, and then just the ups and downs of a small family business. And so that was my background. Uh, we were importers, so I got to know the Port of Seattle. And that was um, how I ended up uh, running for the, the Port Commission role. Uh, and as you said, for me, the environment has always been a key part of uh, the, the way we ran our business. We were um, leading on sustainability initiatives, and that continues to be a big part of my role at the Port of Seattle is figuring out how to uh, bring on sustainability initiatives that make us a better public agency and that also help local economic activity thrive here, too. You know, uh, there were a lot of issues at the airport, and uh, a lot of the folks, including yourself, stepped up for equity for the DBEs and the minority airport concessionaires. And uh, Seattle looks like, you know, under leadership, I guess Don uh, Hunter now out at the port, and also Lance Little things seem to be going rather smooth. Uh, I went to New Orleans and came back. Seattle, I looked at the airport in New Orleans, and the one in Seattle is a world of difference. It looks more like LA or Atlanta uh, because of where we are located. But things seem to be moving rather smoothly there. And uh, for the most part, I'm hearing uh, most folks are, are satisfied with what's happening right now. Uh, we do have, I think, a dynamic group of poor commissioners. What are some of the uh, issues and uh, that you've taken on at the port and some of the policies that you've uh, helped implement uh, to improve the environment and improve access to all people? Good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment to brag on our team a little bit. So, um, you know, we're the eighth largest airport in the country, and and we just heard yesterday that for the second year in a row, uh, passengers have voted SeaTac International Airport the the number one airport in North America, which is a huge uh, recognition for for uh, Airport Director Lance Little and his team there, who have made uh, being a top-notch airport, their, their North Star. And, and truly, uh, you know, I wish I could take credit for it, but it really is the efforts of, of Lance and his team at the airport to just drive towards that mission. And that's a, you know, it's a comprehensive survey of customer service, you know, time between gates, all the kinds of things that, that matter to, to one's experience as a passenger going to, to SEA. So, uh, going back to your question, um, you know, I would say, I think some of the most important things that we've done at the airport for both as a the for the passenger experience and for local regional economic activity 
is our willingness to, to continue to reinvest in terms of capital improvements at the airport. You know, we are um, experiencing quite a bit of um, increased demand for aviation, both because our region is growing and also because people want to fly more than they did a generation ago. And so we need to figure out how to accommodate all that additional uh, growth in, in passenger volume in a way that doesn't make it feel like you know, the airport's just become a, a, a downtown bus terminal that's always crowded, nowhere to sit, nowhere to eat, all that kind of stuff. So we have basically said, let's go full speed ahead on capital improvements, on increasing the airport dining and retail options for passengers. But we want to do it in such a way that uh, that we understand that it is an in incredible mechanism for helping small businesses grow. Um, the airport is a, is a, you know, it, it's a, it's a retail opportunity like no other, um, you know, you're almost guaranteed foot traffic if you're there, but setting up a, a, a location at the airport is a lot harder than setting up a location on, on a, you know, a street in downtown Seattle, because there are so many security considerations. There's a really constrained footprint. Uh, you, you have your, every single one of your, uh, employees has to go through additional training and, and security background checks to be able to work there. So we know that it's a tough environment to get started in. So we have created an entire system of trainings and the navigation once you get into the process for small business owners to, to be able to access these opportunities. We have a kiosk program. So for potential future restaurant or retail owners, it's it's sort of like come in, get a little bit of a, a taste of what it's like to operate at the airport in a smaller, lower cost footprint where you don't have to put up a lot of cash at the outset to build out a big facility, but you can kind of get your foot in the door, get comfortable with the process, get to know our team as well so that you understand how to work as a contractor in the airport or a concessionaire in the airport. And then, you know, on the, the construction side of things, which, you know, right now the Port of Seattle is spending about a billion dollars a year on capital construction, everything from, you know, building a new terminal at the airport to things on the waterfront to all the economic activity and, you know, through our facilities as well. So there are opportunities for small business owners, contractors, workers to get involved with port work. Uh, but we recognize it's a, it can feel like, a mysterious process. So, so we are hosting job fairs, we're doing contractor education events, and then we have uh, a full-time team dedicated to navigating for small businesses, navigating port contracts. It's led by a guy named Mian Rice, who I think you guys know. Oh yeah, Mian's been a guest on the program before. I know he and his uh, team, uh, Josie Regan and uh, Lawrence Coleman, they they do outstanding work and they're definitely engaged. So uh, we have a lot of respect. And as a matter of fact, Mian did receive uh, last year on August 28th uh, uh, the Public Servant Award uh, for the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, which I might mention that on uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, uh, April 4th, is the 55th anniversary of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who was, you know, died in Memphis trying to help the garbage workers get a decent wage. And uh, we had similar battles here. I think they're still ongoing because I'm hearing now that over 60% of the African-American males drop out of the trades before the third year, during the third year. So we still got a long ways to go in a lot of areas. Uh, we know that those are jobs that if folks were, were, were given the opportunity, we'd still have a, a black presence in the central district of Seattle. But, you know, that's an, another fight. But I'm glad you're leading the way because I know 
personally what your commitment has been, and I will reveal all of our secrets, but we certainly do appreciate your advocacy. And uh, Can I share one other thing that we're working on right now that I think will be of real interest? We've got a, we're putting the finishing touches on a study that that uh, the commission called for around women and minority business enterprises and, and barriers to access to the, the various contracts and opportunities that we have at the port. And um, I was talking to Mian about a week ago in part in preparation for this to figure out where we are on that schedule. It sounds like we're going to be able to publish those results by the end of March. That then gives us as a commission the ability to say, all right, how are we going to uh, what kind of resources, efforts, um, policies do we need to put in place to, to get over those barriers? Um, and I've gotten some initial briefings on what the findings are. Uh, and I mean, first thing is to say these barriers are real. It is difficult. It is more difficult for small businesses and, and Wimby businesses to access these opportunities at the port. And on the, on the positive side of things, we think that there are some recommendations coming out of this report that are going to allow us to help overcome those barriers. Well, you know, um, in the state of Washington, um, I think that was involved, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was for the year 2020, uh, African-American-owned businesses did 0.18% of the state's business. And they said in uh, 2021, uh, there was a 0.73 drop and this is, this is uh, I mean, all women and minorities together uh, with, through the Department of Enterprise Services didn't do one, one or two percent. And that's mm -hmm. the state's procurement agency. So I'm hoping that uh, you guys will talk to each other and you can show provide some leadership and give some people some courage about it's all right to do the right thing to include people who are qualified, uh, who have made a commitment. And I distinguish ourselves because uh, we have run into problems from some new minorities, but, uh, and, you know, like, I guess a lot of people listen to Governor DeSantis. Uh, he doesn't want any history past the time his folks sell past the Statue of Liberty. The other 300 years didn't count. And uh, it's unfortunate because uh, this is America and uh, descendants, uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved, like my daughter said, built this joint for free. So uh, now we're here to talk about reparations, but it would really be good just to have the opportunities. And I'm so happy that you're one of the people at the Port of Seattle as a commissioner that's advocating for fairness. And if we had, uh, I guess, the poor commissioner's mentality and uh, all the government agencies, I know I'm going to hear something from the county and the city and everybody else, but it don't make any difference. Look at your numbers and then let's talk. But uh, I also wanted to have... Uh, Bob Armstead, uh, if you have a couple more minutes, I hope, Commissioner, uh, to hear from Bob Armstead, our president of the Washington State Chapter of the National Association of Minority Contractors, who is collaborating with the uh, Association of Minority and Women Businesses uh, to, and the United States Department of Transportation to have a regional conference. So, Bob, why don't you share with that information? The Commissioner does have some old time. Uh, what, what do people can expect on March 30th? Uh, we'll be at the SeaTac uh, uh, Marriott. So go right ahead, Bob. Uh, okay, thank you, Eddie. And the commissioner will be uh, interested in this because it <clears throat> is a contractor's day and uh, trade show and symposium uh, around the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Uh, this is a continuation of uh, symposiums that the U.S. Department of Transportation is putting on around the country. 
I think they've done four or five so far, uh, one in the Northeast, Southeast, uh, Midwest, Central West, uh, and some other states. This particular one on March 30th is for the Northwest region, and it includes Idaho, Oregon, uh, Washington, and Alaska. Uh, it is important uh, for many reasons. Uh, the Infrastructure Act is the largest uh, infrastructure program in the United States since the uh, interstate highways were built back in the 50s. Uh, the program has been approved at $1.2 trillion and it is expected to grow. Uh, the port has already received some funding, <clears throat> excuse me, under the, uh, the Infrastructure Act, there are other agencies in the state such as the such as Sound Transit that have already received in excess of a billion dollars uh, from the, uh, the Infrastructure Act. And we're anticipating that probably all 31 of the identified transit or transportation agencies uh, in the state of Washington, that includes the port, uh, will be receiving substantial funding under the act. Uh, these uh, symposiums are being conducted around the country because President Biden made a commitment that at least 15% of all infrastructure dollars were to be spent uh, with minority businesses and contractors. Uh, it is an ambitious goal, uh, but we in Washington state fully intend to uh, keep the president to that promise. Uh, an important part of that is that people know and that agencies know, one, about the act itself, what it is, the reason it was passed, the types of projects uh, that are available, uh, these symposiums are being hosted and sponsored with and through the U.S. Department of Transportation, but roughly only 60% of that $1.2 trillion is going through transportation-related projects. The others, 40% uh, will be with education, health, in uh, any other type of uh, infrastructure project. Now, the purpose of the symposiums, again, is to have regional agencies, such as the port, uh, attend to hear from representatives from the U.S. Department of Transportation, the U.S. Department of Commerce, through the its Minority Business Development Agency, and the Small Business Administration about the project and for those agencies to uh, be able to assist the local agencies, such as those here in Washington State, with developing, if they do not already have programs that will support and allow the, uh, the president to attain its goal, uh, to really impress upon uh, the recipients of the funding through this act 
that uh, the president really intends for them to, to attain the goals. A portion of the uh, Investment Act funding uh, direct many activities uh, there at the port. Uh, some funds have already uh, been received by the port to address things like uh, safety, uh, the ability of people to, to enter and exit uh, the airport through TSA and other uh, entry points without uh, large delays, but also to address environmental justice issues. Uh, many public agencies have built facilities and roads and other things that negatively impact uh, minority and other poor communities. Uh, there is a huge effort underway, uh, finally, to address uh, some of those issues. So perhaps uh, things like uh, the Duwamish issue and some of the other issues uh, there around the, uh, the airport could be addressed through some of this environmental justice funding. So there are many opportunities for the port to participate with uh, and under the, you know, the areas that are approved for funding. Now, this uh, program is March the 30th. The event is March the 30th. There is a trade show in the morning uh, where we've invited public agencies, we've invited prime contractors, we've invited other contractors and others to come and participate in the trade show. Uh, there's a plenary session in the afternoon. The uh, invited uh, guest speaker is uh, Pete Buttigieg, the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation Secretary. Uh, additional uh, invites went to other senior officials uh, from the U.S. Department of Transportation, one being the uh, FAA administrator, but also the Federal Highways, Federal Transit, Mars, and others. Uh, we will also have the uh, representative from the Undersecretary of Commerce that's in charge of the Minority Business uh, Development Agency and either the SBA regional, well, the SBA regional administrator has assured us that he will be there, but there are invites to SBA officials from Washington, D.C. So we want the people from D.C. to be able to address and answer questions uh, from the local agencies about the act, about funding under the act, uh, about how they can work uh, with those agencies and our uh, representatives and our communities to ensure that at least 15% of that uh, act funding is spent with uh, minority businesses and contractors. Well, uh, Commissioner Ryan Calkins, you've heard an earful. It sounds like Bob and uh, the National Association of Minority Contractors have uh, some high aspirations in terms of bringing people together. And I think it's great for, uh, uh, for this issue to be raised because the money is being dispersed but I don't know of anybody about the 15%. So uh, 
So do you have any comments, questions about uh, the upcoming uh, forum, sir? No, and I, I hope if you haven't already gotten port participation, um, please feel free to me so that I can get our experts there for uh, to participate. Um, you know, as an institution, we're, we spend a lot of time working with the federal government on, on um, you know, everything from funding local projects that are uh, pertinent to the overall federal infrastructure for moving goods and people, basically. Um, and so we do have quite a bit of internal expertise. Uh, we have benefited a great deal from the various initially from the COVID-related emergency relief funds. And then, of course, the, the under the Biden administration, the, this new push into infrastructure, which I think is going to be, you know, when we look back in, in 40, 50 years, people will point to, to the IIJA and, and the Inflation Reduction Act as pivotal moments in our nation's economy because of how much investment is going into uh, to reinvestment in infrastructure, which is critically important, bridges, roads, et cetera, uh, and also the energy infrastructure, which you know, energy is the oxygen of the economy. And then on the Inflation Reduction, Reduction Act, in helping us transition from a fossil fuel economy primarily to a, a, an electrified or decarbonized economy. And I have good news for everybody who's listening in on this. Washington state is incredibly well positioned to benefit from both of those things. Uh, we are, you know, we're in desperate need of, an, of increased infrastructure because we're a state that's growing in population and growing in economic activity. And we're also a state that's really going to benefit from this new green energy economy because we have a lot of the attributes you need to do that. We've got the kind of, um, green electricity, renewable energy opportunities that, that few states have. And so, you know, it's, it is going to benefit us locally that we're moving away from, from foreign fossil fuel sources to uh, locally produced renewable energy sources. Now, okay. uh, going back to what Eddie was saying at the outset, one of the most important things we need to do is figure out how we're getting young people into the pipeline now so that we have, you know, that uh, what, what I'm most excited about is programs that are getting kids in high school right now thinking right. about trades professions, because, man, if if I were counseling a kid right now, what is the career track you should be on? I would really encourage people to think about trades professions, because we're going to spend a generation building all this stuff. And you don't build them with an English major. You build them because you're an engineer, right. you're a a plumber, pipe fitter, you're an electrician, you're a carpenter, you're a laborer. And, and these are very well-paid jobs, very secure. They're not going to get outsourced or sent overseas or, or automated. These are the kind of workers that we need working with hands on physical projects. And man, I cannot say it enough. We need that next generation of workers in these skilled trades. Okay, I want to say, gentlemen, thank you very much. We're out of time. And uh, Commissioner Calkins will keep you together. And hopefully, uh, we can meet with some of the commissions about making sure we have support for that regional forum because that's how we get relationships and that's how we get business. So thank both of you very much. And uh, we're going to take a break and come back later. And I'll make sure that uh, Commissioner Calkins has your number, Bob. And Bob, you have Commissioner Calkins' number so we can continue this offline. So thanks very much. Okay, Eric, we'll take that break. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. 
we have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out Orca Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie Ryan back at the River Forum Northwest. Want to thank the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, uh, Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, uh, uh, Diver- uh, Inclusion and Equity, and the C- City of Seattle's uh, Purchasing and Construction Services Department. My next guest is Ms. Yolanda Barden, who is a, a very accomplished and highly uh, awarded individual. She's been working out of Atlanta. She's from Seattle. I remember when she went to St. T's uh, with Angela, my daughter. So uh, she has a lot of accomplishments as well as been honored quite frequently. And so why don't you take some time, Ms. Yolanda, and let us know you're out of Atlanta, but you're from Seattle and you're working in both places around the country. So let our folks know exactly what you're working on and some of the awards you've received. Absolutely. It's great to be home. Seattle's always going to be my home, no matter where I am. And The history that took place in this city was very inspirational and influential to me, my generation, generations before me. And because that history isn't as accessible in the Central District, I've created an immersive storytelling experience. And like, what does that mean? That means that I'm using virtual reality and augmented reality and other forms of technology to recreate the history. And why are we doing that? Because it makes it accessible into the future. We want future generations to have access to it. And so I've built a prototype that I think could be an amazing solution for the vanishing of our history in the spaces where we've experienced gentrification. And I went back to grad school and spent some years doing two masters, collecting a lot of history and focusing on the technique of immersive technology and how can I push the boundaries of VR beyond just games How can I use this as a solution for my community and what we need? Um, Providing access to history, providing access to technology, creating opportunities for black and brown youth to get involved in tech and be a part of shaping the future. And that's what really matters to me is exposing people to the future of this technology and getting them excited about rewriting our history and mischaracterized stories to create real documentation for what the people before us did and let that be what connects us. So even if we're not in the same geographic space, every generation from here on out will have access to the legacy that took place in the Central District. And so to that end, what are you doing now? You're in Seattle now. You're going to be here for a few days. Mm -hmm. What do you have that you want the public to know about that you're doing in Seattle right now? 
I'm allowing people to come in and test out the prototype and give us some feedback, right? We don't want to go too far ahead of what everybody else, where they are, and we want people to have an entry point. So come put a VR headset on. Come see what this technology is like and explore the central district like you did when I was a little one or maybe when you were young, Eddie. See it so that we're, so it represents what it was and not what it is today. And so you can even explore historic businesses. You want to check out Earl's Barbershop. You want to check out Fats or Catfish Corner or Ezel's. They're now in the experience. You want to walk around and get access to oral tradition and stories from elders about the music history. It's there. You want to do a historic tour of the neighborhood? Come through. So we'll be at Douglas Truth from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock this Friday, March 17th. Come put a headset on and see what this is all about and then get involved or let me know how you feel about it. You also have a five to six time too, right? I do, but those are going to be more for interviews. So if you're a storyteller- okay, so that's, that's what I mean. I, I got yeah. the five o'clock down for myself, but I do want to give the Times credit and their Pacific edition, the magazine, they had a history of uh, the black music and the black scene uh, back from the forties and fifties, yeah. uh, including like, a uh, long time ago, uh, Blacks had joined the National Guard could only be in the, in the band. <laughs> you know, that that's the way it was. And when I went down in the Army myself, uh, the, the medic training, because we had a medical unit here, it was uh, in segregation. Tell us a little bit about your company as well. Absolutely. Revere XR. I mean, our focus is to recreate history and to bring it to life so that people can experience it. You know, in my generation, we read about history and it was powerful and impactful, but what if we could be in that space and be immersed in that history and can interact with it? It makes me think of your history, Eddie, as an activist and someone who's always really been involved in change in Seattle. What stories do you want the future generations to have access to? And so at Revere, we're recreating that history. We're using immersive technology. We're using 360 filming. We're using projection mapping. We're really into showing people that technology can serve our community in positive ways, but that may take the time. It may require us taking the time to consider what are the benefits of technology and how can that serve as solutions and opportunities to optimize our interactions in our community. And that's where we're at. So we're at the intersection of the future of digital worlds and bringing history creating a bridge so that businesses and community can be a part of that journey. I have to hook you up with MLK Gandhi, the empowerment initiative that Bob uh, did a, did most of the writing on. Bob Armstead, uh, we did get a grant from uh, uh, through Patty Murray and you, uh, Megan on her staff and the support of Congressman Adam Smith and his staff uh, to train people and to be proficient in digital technology. Because nice. most public agencies now need that want people who are proficient in digital technology. So, and they also have the opportunity to start their own business if they so choose. Why don't you share with our listeners how people can uh, catch up with you, uh, your email address or website address? Sure. Follow us um, on Instagram, revere.xr. I'm on LinkedIn, Yolanda A. Barton. Our website is www.revere. That's R-E-V-E-R-E xr.com and come on out to Douglas Truth. I know a lot of our community is sometimes hesitant about tech and we have trust issues and that's real. I recognize that, but let's talk about what it can do well for us. And I'd love to get you plugged in. 
Well, I'll tell you one thing. I plan on being at five. So people that got stories and want to see what you're doing, they come by Douglas Truth tomorrow, Friday, March 17th. They can mm -hmm. come by at, from 12 to 2 or 12 to 2.30? 1 to 3. 1 to 3. Okay. And then uh, the other uh, the other time is just for folks who you're interviewing. That's it? Yeah. If, you're a, if you have stories, if you're a storyteller, if you want to make sure that your history is being documented, you know, we support what Inye is doing at Wanawari and uh, the Black and Tan and what all these storytellers are doing. But we like for elders and people who house significant, profound music history in the city. If you want to come between five and six and share your story, we're happy to use some of that oral storytelling and make it accessible through the VR experience as well. I have to let them hold them. Uh, uh, Dave Holden, uh, he, he's in, uh, in the magazine. Uh, Dave Lewis uh, grew up across the street from him and his brother Ulysses Lewis. Might be a very good person to come in and do some talking because he knew all the band members. Matter of fact, we used to carry George Griffin's drums into the Birdland. We were 14, so we could get in free. wasn't supposed to be there. But that's, that's amazing. That, that, was, that's, that was another story altogether. So, uh, Yolanda, I'm really hoping that, uh, and it sounds like all the awards you receive, it's obvious that you've been excelling in whatever you've been doing. So Thank why don't you, you just take a minute and just rattle off a few of those awards. Okay. Uh, well, recently I was named in the top 100 women of the future for my immersive storytelling, XR Preservation, um, Revere XR. And I recently won Oculus Launchpad with the prototype of this experience. Um, so that's really amazing from industry leaders. I got a couple awards, some great media. I've won some um, awards from the Catalyst Foundation, from um, Urban Impact in Seattle. I won a pitch competition. And I'm just continuing to really be excited about people's response. But it's hard for me to talk about those things because it's really not about me. This I know, is about but yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, I, hey, thank you very much, Yolanda. And I'll see you Friday at 5 o'clock. Thank Super. you, Eddie. All right. Okay, have a great then. day, Mr. Rye. Thank you. All right. All right now. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, my next guest is uh, Stanley Bascom, the author uh, of... Uh, Stanley, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Stanley has a book signing. It's going to be on uh, uh, Saturday at the Royal Esquire Club from one to three. So Stanley Bascom, I've been doing the Bascom family, I think, since we first hit the streets in Seattle. But anyway, uh, Stanley, why don't you give our uh, listeners, uh, uh, first of all, a little bit about your book and then also about the book signing at the Royal Esquire Club. Okay. Um, first of all, the, the book signing is at, at um, the 18th at 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock. And um, my book, Poetry in the Key of Black, is I've, um, you know, I've looked at other poetry and a lot of the poetry out there from different card companies and stuff, I don't think connects to our community in the way that we, um, how would you say, just describe things in our life of how we feel and how we go about our uh, families, our loved ones, um, our special events and things like that. So I just feel like my my book is more down to earth, more realistic to our community. It's not a fantasy world, but it's a, it's a positive book of poetry. It has other things in it, like um, I um, coached football in the Central District and around that area for 18 years. Youth League football for CAY, Rainier, and um, 
Rainier Beach, Renton. So I've been there as a mentor for um, young black men. And um, it's like, besides having my son, it's the second most fantastic thing I've enjoyed in life, being able to um, mentor and um, see these young men grow up. Just see them come up to you in the store and um, say, hey, coach, and they got beers and stuff now. When <laughs> you, you had them so we get old, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. Don't tell me that. <laughs> but um, yeah. And also, I drove 32 years for Metro, and that's another place that I was able to talk with young young black men, um, you know, just about life in general and, and um, just just doing my part, you know. Mm. So, yeah. Well, uh, Stanley, so the book signing, once again, is at Royal Esquire Club, and it's going to the book signing is from 12 to 2, and then yeah. you got a reception for what, from 1 to 3? No, that's good. There, there, there's something else going on there. I, I think there's, I know there's a, another event going on there after, okay. after mine is over with. Okay, now in terms of, uh, you will actually have uh, books at, the, at uh, the Royal Esquire Club to autograph for the people that purchase the books on Saturday between uh, uh, 12 and 2? Yeah, and also I wanted to mention this. Um, the first 25 people that do purchase this book um, get, get uh, a dinner at the um, Esquire Club and at the end of my event, I have a grand prize um, for the people who um, buy a dinner. Or, yeah, for anybody to buy a dinner, it'll be a raffle for the prize at the end of the event. Well, Sam, that's great, man. So we're you. I got you up on my Facebook page with the information about the book signing. And... Um, I will definitely come through to get a copy. Well, I mean, I got one already. And I also want to thank you for having a picture of myself and my daughter, Angela Rye, in your book. Well, so, you know what, Mr. Rye? One time you asked me to call you Eddie, but I can't I can't do that because I have so much respect for you. Um, I've been knowing you since I was about 14 or 15 years old. And um, you know, I worked for you in your construction um, for a little bit. Um, and um, you've been a very important person to my family and um, got nothing but love for you and most of all, respect and appreciation. Well, Stanley, man, I, that, I really do appreciate that. And like I said, I do appreciate you putting uh, Angela and Eddie Riot Jr. in your book. So, uh, sir, I, I appreciate you very much. And I'll, I'll see you on Saturday. And like okay. I said, your information is on uh, my Facebook page and a couple hours after the live program with Eric's Magic, uh, this will be on Alexa uh, and my podcast, so people will be able to hear your interview and get the information about the book signing. So thank you, okay. Stanley, and I'll see you Saturday, brother. Thank you for everything thank that you, you do. Bye-bye. All right. So, Eric, we're going to take this last break now and uh, come back with uh, Larry Williams from New York City, who's getting an award, Anchor Advertising. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? 
List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, Eddie Rye back at Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, we're waiting for W. Larry Williams for Anchor Advertising, who's back in New York City to receive an award for his outstanding work in the state of Washington. He had a contract with the Washington State Health Department, him and another company, and uh, they're getting acknowledged for it. So uh, so until then, uh, Bob, next week uh, we will have uh, Frank Boykin, who is the director of, uh, I guess, the Washington State Office of MBDA, at least in Tacoma. Uh, Frank Boykin Jr. Uh, we'll also have uh, uh, regional direct administrator of the Small Business Administration, uh, Michael Fong, and we'll also have another. We got a couple more invited guests along with Barb Armstead because uh, this is an event that's coming up where you get to meet these folks face to face and and give them th- your best pitch on your company or find out where the opportunities are. As uh, President Armstead has already uh, stated that out of this whole uh, Infrastructure Act money, 15% is supposed to come to minorities, and hopefully they consider African descendants of the United States and save a minority. So, uh, Mr. W. Larry Williams, are you on with us now? I guess he's still getting hooked up, I see but I, he's... There he is, W. Larry Williams. We can't hear you, but I, I do see you. Uh, he's back. I see him plug plugging in. He's back in New York at at the reception where he's going to receive an award. So uh, he's having a challenge or two uh, getting on. Are you on now, sir? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can't go right ahead. So first hey, of all, man. congratulations uh, on uh, the award that uh, uh, Anchor Advertise Anchor the Anchor Group is receiving. Why don't you share with the listeners exactly what award you're receiving and how come you're in New York City? Well, Eddie, we're uh, nominated for the uh, PR awards, uh, 2022 PR awards uh, for our campaign that we did for the Washington State Department of Health, which is uh, We Consider. And it was the the campaign was designed to encourage African-Americans throughout the state of Washington to reconsider getting their vaccination. As you know, uh, uh, African-Americans over the years have been suspect of of uh, taking vaccinations because of the history and all that sort of thing. But Eddie, we put together a, a holistic campaign that included, uh, first of all, starting with black media and then black Senate media, like with uh, um, shows like yourself, to promote the uh, We Consider campaign. We also used uh, faith-based organizations, community engagement, community outreach. And, and the best thing about it, Eddie, was that we were successful. We exceeded the expectations of the client. And as of yesterday, uh, we were blacks in 
uh, uh, Washington State were more vaccinated than the general population. So we really consider that a success. Tonight we're going to be uh, competing against companies and agencies across the across the country for uh, the best of the best. We are nominating two categories: best uh, in public sector and also the best in multicultural marketing. Well, I'm happy to hear that uh, you got a contract with the state and see what happens when you give a brother a contract. The <laughs> next thing you know, he's getting an award. So I mean, yes, you know, sir. come on now. So yes, um, when you did this, you know, this uh, uh, contract was done in conjunction with another company? Yeah, we were partnered with uh, uh, C plus C Communications in Seattle. They want, they're our partners. And, and Eddie, you know, it, it takes a village to do a campaign like this. This is something, this is not what's not a small feat. We pulled in black agencies from across the country, Alabama, Texas, and so forth, to make sure that we had black representation. C plus C and, and uh, the Washington State Department of Health were very amenable to all of our ask. And uh, that's the result is that we were successful. The, you know, we have to do more of that. We have to demand and, and, and at least ask that we have black representation when we're doing uh, 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 projects like this. And sometimes it, it takes, you know, a little bit of nudging. But at the end of the day, we find, they find out that we can do these types of uh, uh, campaigns and do them well. You well. Know, a lot of people just need an opportunity. Absolutely. And unfortunately, some people look at see who you are and right away, there's going to be a schism of some reason in their mind for not to step forward. So yeah, by you winning these awards uh, for the campaign that you launched, uh, will probably, hopefully, open up some eyes and open up some doors for other folks who are trying to do some business with the state and other public agencies. Well, that's our, that was part of our deal, too, Eddie. We wanted to make sure that we, when we entered this uh, contract that you know, we provided a role model, a, a, a unique partnership that could be duplicated by other black companies across the state and, and especially these black companies that have been out there toiling like we have for 40 years trying to get to the, the, the deal. So, you know, it's, 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 it's been a lifelong journey for me to get to this point. I never in my imagination uh, believed that I would be here in New York City on Wall Street, you know, accepting, you know, at least being nominated for an exactly. award with some of the top age, top industry uh, giants in the country. And uh, I, I'm sure that uh, your stint at the Seattle Media newspaper got you prepared to do everything you're doing now. You know that, don't you? You know that. Uh, you recall when, you know, I worked at the Medium for a number of years. That's where I got my start, man. And, and I appreciate Chris H. Bennett and, and the Medium, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, providing me the foundation to be successful and the things that I've accomplished over the years. But you don't do this alone. I have a great team with me, uh, you know, and we'll be streaming it live. So if anyone's uh, listening and want to see the event, which is going to be on my Facebook page, W. Larry Williams, we under, uh, the ceremony starts at 8.15. We'll be sending out live streams and things, updates leading up to that. Uh, it's a black tie preferred event. It's a gala. And, man, I'm so proud and so happy for my team, for Seattle, and for the state of Washington. Well, you know, uh, I did a stint at, at, at the media myself and KRIZ. As a matter of fact, some people said 
because I sold uh, John Spellman 25 pages for a black history <laughs> which is the reason why he didn't win re-election. I don't believe that. <laughs> but anyway, and then I co-hosted uh, Community Potpourri with, with Barbara Laners during the, in 84 during the Jesse Jackson campaign. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you remember, so, uh, you know, I was there during a lot of those times when, you know, you, you were there, you know, we were there together at some of those times. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we, where you get your start from is what that's what you always remember. And you always pay homage to the folks who got helped get you going. And, and, and they've supported me, continued to support me over the years. So I appreciate them. And, and I appreciate you for because one of the things that I can always count on is I, I could call Eddie Rye Jr. and he'd be there for me. Well, we have to be there for each other. But like I said, uh, I do have to give uh, Chris H. and Gloria. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Don't forget about Gloria. And, yeah, and, I can't forget. No, I can't forget there. about Gloria. That's good to see that, you know, Whittier and uh, uh, Jawan and Khalid are doing the, the, the game time sports. Matter of fact, they're on right now. I haven't missed them because they're on from one to three. I can't hear them on Thursdays, but I check in with them other times. They're very informative. So, uh, but yeah, uh, and, and, and I was going to send a shout out to them, the, the Facts newspaper, Converge Media. All of those guys played a big role in helping make this, uh, you know, deal a success. Also, the black faith-based community, uh, Bishop, um, <laughs> Bishop. Uh, Reggie Witherspoon? Pardon me? Bishop no, Reggie? No, Bishop, no, Bishop Tyson over at. Oh, Gary, Gary oh, yeah, Bishop Tyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gary Tyson. Gary, Gary Tyson. And and who one of the uh, with the um, other pastor that worked with us closely on this deal was um, and I see I forget names already, but they know who they are. And but you know all of this was a culmination of of, of people coming together. You know without uh, ego, you know you can't get ego involved when you're trying to do teamwork, Eddie. And and right. everybody came on board. You know they they succumbed their egos and. You know, at the end of the day, look what we did. Okay, well, I tell you what. On March 30th, I want Bob Armstead to tell you where you need to be at the SeaTac Marriott. So, Bob, why don't you share that? Because it sounds like all the people you have put together will be potential clients for Anchor. So, why don't you take a couple of minutes and share that with uh, award-winning Larry Williams? Thank you, Eddie. Thank, Thank you so Eddie. much. Thank you, Eddie, and congratulations, Larry. Hey, thank you, Bob. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, getting to the point where you are is a major accomplishment, as far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, man. It's been a, it's, it's been a it, it wasn't easy getting here, and I don't want anyone to think that it is. It's, it's, it, it, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours, a lot of nights that you know pulling the last little bit of hair I have out of my head. But you know, at the end of the day, it's worth it. And I hope I can serve as a role model, an example for other black companies that want to be successful in doing business with the state. Uh, you, you have and you will. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, Eddie has my contact information. Bob, anytime that you want to reach out to me, I'm available. We, we are always available. We're always looking for new experiences. And, and we pride ourselves in working. On, uh, right now, we've done a lot of work in the health uh, uh, care industry. It, we did a big campaign for Eli Lilly, a national campaign uh, uh, last year, and it was a, a tremendous success. We reached over 16 million people with that campaign. And as I just, uh, as you just heard, we really knocked the ball out of the park with this uh, Washington State Department of Health 
vaccine hesitancy campaign. So you responsible for Eli Lilly having $35 insulin now? That's, we, I hope we played a good part in that, Eddie. <laughs> we okay. played a big part in that. We played a, played a good part of making sure that black folks got the, the, the information about insulin. We promoted their uh, uh, helpline for uh, their uh, Diabetes Solution Center. That We were the first agency to work with them on that uh, particular project. And, again, it was a tremendous success. Uh, we were in 22 states and uh, 22, uh, 25 black newspapers across the country. And uh, Nate Miles will tell you right now, that was, that, that was, if it wasn't for Nate, we wouldn't have had the contract, you know that. But after you get the contract, you have to deliver. Yeah, that is true. So anyway, uh, your team need to be out at the SeaTac Marriott on March 30th. Uh, Bob, we got one minute. Give them a quick rundown on the agenda for today. Okay, on March the 30th, we will have the Contractors Day and Trade Show and Plenum uh, around the Infrastructure uh, Investment and Jobs Act, the $1.2 trillion uh, infrastructure uh, legislation that was passed on a bipartisan basis. The money is being dispersed to agencies all across the country, including those here in Washington State. President Biden has put a minimum of 15% participation for minority businesses and contractors. We would like for you to come out and hear from the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Minority Business Development Agency, and the Small Business Administration, uh, information about the act, about the types of projects that will be available so that you will be able to speak with the agencies in Washington State about opportunity. Okay, we're out of time, gentlemen. Thank okay. you very much. And uh, okay. Bob will be thank back on again next week, Larry. So okay, we'll make sure you again. have the information. So thank both of you very much. We appreciate it. Thanks for being here, Bob. Right. Okay, okay. Want to, Eddie Ryan, I want to thank uh, Sound Transit, the City of Seattle's Purchase and Constru uh, uh, Construction Services Department, uh, the Port of Seattle Diversity Contracting Office, and uh, I think that uh, in a couple of hours, if I'm right, uh, this uh, uh, will be up on Alexa as well as my podcast. Thanks to Eric. And I also want to uh, remind people that on Saturday, uh, is going to be the book signing with uh, Stanley Bascom. Uh, that will be at uh, Esquire Club. So, uh, Eric, thanks very much. And I want to talk to you about recording Mayor Karen Bass next Wednesday. So we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.